0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. If you're sitting, sitting there saying, What? Digital transformation of your supply chain? That sounds familiar. Well, this is the new title of the series we started last February 2016. It was called Extended Supply Chain of the Future. We have morphed it into something much more timely and topical and important for our business listeners around the world. So it is now the digital transformation of your supply chain. There you go. So what's the buzz on the street today? Well, the buzz is a quote I found from W. Edward Deming. You've probably heard it before, but I think it's very apropos to our topic today, and the quote is, survival is optional. No one has to change. So think about that. The title of the series is Digital Transformation. Transformation change, you get it. So what are we talking about? As we start 2017... And today is the last day of January 2017. My, the year is going fast. Companies like yours everywhere are facing volatile demand and faster expectations from customers who want it now. They want you to respond, they want you to deliver, they want you to answer right now. While that's all happening, your supply chain is getting increasingly complex and it's reaching across the globe. So a lot of forces are going on. You have challenges every part of your business. Where can you turn? We think we have an answer, and the answer we're going to talk about today is the Internet of Things, IoT. It can provide vital business information across your network, which you need to solve all of those challenges. It can enable you to have real-time data analysis. It can support better collaboration across departments and companies as you grow, as you expand, or just as you communicate with your supply chain. And it could offer, here's an interesting one, creative ways to digitally transform your end to end business processes. Sounds like a charm. So we have a panel of three experts today. Let me tell you who they are before I introduce them and then we'll get started. First up, I will be welcoming in a moment, Richard Howells. He's been on the show before. He drives market direction and positioning of SAP supply chain management. Solutions. Joining him on the show today, Padman Ramakudi. No stranger to Game Changers. He is the heartbeat of Intrigo Systems. We have had him on many, many of our series, and we're delighted to have him back. And rounding out the panel is a newcomer to Game Changers Radio. His name is Rakesh Gandhi. He's the vice president of IoT Go to Market at SAP. So let's get started. Richard Howell sent me a wonderful quote from Leonardo da Vinci. I won't tell you too much about da Vinci, But in case you've never heard of him, duh, 1452 to 1519, he was called Leonardo, simply Leonardo, you know, like a one-name wonder like Madonna and, and Cher and all that. He was just Leonardo back in the day. He was a polymath in Italy. His interests included, get this, talk about Renaissance man, invention, painting, sculpting, architecture, science, music, math, engineering, literature, anatomy, geology, astronomy, botany, writing, history, and cartology. He was called the universal genius Or the Renaissance man, a man of unquenchable curiosity and feverishly invented imagination. And I think that's what it takes today. So here is the quote that Richard has selected from Leonardo. Quote, it had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. Richard Howells, Happy New Year. Welcome. And Richard, this is a great quote. So how did you pick it for our show today? Tell me. Well, first
2: of all, Happy New Year to you, Bonnie, and uh, thanks for inviting me back. Delighted. Um, I I picked uh, the quote from from Leonardo because I I just think he was so innovative and ahead of his time. And uh, I went to an exhibit in Boston, in the Boston uh, Museum of Science, over the holidays, where they had a lot of his inventions, so a lot of his sketches had been built by Italian uh, woodworkers, uh, so they were working models of, Things like the helicopter and the self-propelled vehicle and uh, a robotic knight that he invented and it was just amazing to see. And, and I just liked the fact that he'd incorporated the, the can-do attitude of, of not letting things happen to you, but you happening to things and making things happen.
1: Very interesting. Richard, as I read this list of all of his areas of interest, the Renaissance man, the universal genius, that's a a very, very heavy-duty statement. Feverishly invented imagination. I read a list, and I don't know if all of those are covered in the standard high school curriculum here in the U.S. or in Europe, or even in the college curriculum where people would say, in order to be a good student, a good thinker, a good contributor, a good designer of new and things, that you can happen to things, you should study this whole Broad li- He's also called the father of paleontology, technology, and architecture, by the way. I forgot those. So do you think we would we should have a, a broader educational requirement list that matches what he studied, what he learned, and what he knew? Richard, any thoughts on that? I know it's not on our topic, but I think it's a, a fascinating area. <laughs>
2: I think you're a much more rounded person if you have a, a wide range of interests and a wide range of topics that that you can talk about and, and, and converse with. So absolutely, I think it makes you a much more interesting person and a much more well-rounded person.
1: There you go. Thank you. Wonderful quote. Thank you, Richard. A real. That's a real boost to the start of our topic. And now let me welcome our second guest, Padman Ramankudi. I hear that heart beating at Intrigo. It's going... Bum, 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 bum. It's Padman. And Padman has sent us a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, known professionally. I didn't know this. He was called Waldo Emerson. He was an American essayist, lecturer, and poet who led the transcendentalist movement of the mid-19th century. Another person who went out and happened to things. Very, very interesting. He wrote dozens of essays that he published and more than 1,500 public lectures across the U.S. This is Emerson. Here's the quote, Padman has selected. Our chief want is someone who will inspire us to be what we know we could be. Happy New Year. Padman Ramakudi, how are you and how are things in Intrigo? Happy New Year. Thank
3: you, Bonnie. Things are going great at Intrigo. Glad uh, we're off to a very good start. So uh, That's good.
1: Good news. So tell me, are you a big fan of, of Waldo, Waldo Emerson?
3: Absolutely. I have a plaque on my desk which uh, defines uh, some statements he had made about what is success. It's never about finding, a, uh, finding money or uh, fame. It's about leaving a garden better than you found it. So leaving a conversation better than you found it, entered it, so that you have lived That is success. So Very I follow that credo.
1: So tell me, let's take that credo and let's apply it today. We're talking, we're here on the second season of what was extended supply chain of the future. Now, digital transformation of your supply chain. We're talking about moving forward into the future. I quoted Edward Deming: "Survival is optional. No one has to change." It's 2017. So, give me a little idea of how would that inspire the people listening around the world who are saying well we have a supply chain we got a lot of problems we got a lot of challenges what are we going to do and we're going to tell them of course how the IoT internet of things comes into play here but what would they say when when they hear this quote from what Ralph Waldo Emerson how would it inspire them to do more or so, better
3: so the the idea is when we contribute to a conversation whether it's about supply chain or IoT we bring to that conversation how that can be implemented or how it can be um, how it can make uh, the customer successful so when you walk into a conversation with a customer who has a problem or when you walk into a, a situation where you can solve something you have to bring to that not in terms of billable hours or selling a software or selling something you have to contribute to that so that that jointly you and the customer succeed in solving that problem when you take that approach what happens is uh, creative ideas come to the fore forefront, and then you're able to solve without uh, thinking about oh my, it's my time, or it's my software, or it's anything else. It is wonderfully uh, accelerating and uh, exciting when you solve such problems, especially complex problems in supply chain or in IoT uh, and manufacturing. So that's that's where uh, we try to tell people: customer first solve the problem everything else will land in the right place after that
1: that's very inspiring i like that so customer first and then everything falls into place thank you padman and so happy to have you back and uh please give a shout out to from us here at game changers radio to ankita at your in on your team she's a very good coordinator getting us all the information we need from you so tell her will i said hi please. You. My pleasure. And now let's welcome our newcomer to the panel, Rakesh Gandhi, as I said, VP of IoT Go-To-Market at SAP. Rakesh sent me an interesting quote that... Some people say it's from Vince Lombardi, although he was quoted as saying it in 1994. That was 24 years after he passed away. Some people say Mark Twain said it, and there's a big discussion about that. But I love something called Quote Investigator, and it turns out this quote, just wait for it a second, is from somebody named Stubby Currents. Virgil L. Stubby Currents, 1904 to 81, was a sports writer, a reporter, a columnist, and an editor for the Bluefield Daily Telegraph of Bluefield, West Virginia, for 52 years. His column was called The Press Box, He had one called Now and Then, and there's actually an award given to the top student-athlete in the circulation area of the newspaper in his honor. So here's the quote. You've heard it often. There's some debate about who said it, but this goes back apparently to 1935 in one of his columns. He said, the dictionary is the only place where success which starts with S, comes before work, which starts with W. So, Rakesh Gandhi, thank you for the very interesting and slightly controversial quote. Welcome to Game Changers. How are you, Rakesh?
4: I'm good. Thank you, and Happy New Year. And uh, It's my first time, like you said, and it's my pleasure to be in the company of uh, great minds, Richard and Padman.
1: Absolutely. So, happy
4: to be here.
1: Yeah. Well, you're a great mind too. That's why you were invited. So there's a there's a good legend preceding you now. Tell me something. I love the quote we're talking about success versus work works versus success. And we're talking today about supply chain, digital transformation 2017. What are you going to do to meet the challenges? So, how does this quote apply to anybody listening out there with a company that deals with supply chain?
4: Absolutely, uh, you know. One thing I like to do is keep it simple, but simple is, is not always easy, right? I mean, um, we we spoke about Leonardo earlier on, and you kind of uh, articulated so many facets of expertise that he had, and he was successful in in in, in all those aspects, right? I mean, didn't come without a hard work. Um, likewise, what uh, Padman just mentioned uh, about. Keep working at it, and you will be able to drive the success so from my perspective, I mean when we talk about digital transformation um, that's a journey mm-hmm. whenever we talk about an early movers uh, in this space who are successful, we talk about you know in in, in a very simplistic form all the startup companies like ubers and even for that matter amazon uh for you know since the late nineties and how they have succeeded uh There's a lot of work gone behind that, right? And that's how they have disrupted the industry. Now, bring it back to the enterprise and we talk about our traditional manufacturing companies, right? Um, I mean, this is also highly applicable to them and we are seeing a lot of uh, movement within the core traditional manufacturing company where they are gaining the competitive edge by doing that digital transformation. And by the way, IoT is part of the digital transformation is what I call it. It's no more digital transformation and IoT. And then the aspects that we are seeing around, you know, how you can disrupt the business by offering product as service, for example. Right. I mean, the core manufacturing company, you know, like like that compressor manufacturer in Europe who is now selling air as a service. Right. I and mean, this is the mm-hmm. kind of disruption that we are talking about in in, in the traditional sector where companies are, you know, undergoing a end-to-end transformation to stay relevant, but at the same time, the early movers are being highly competitive leveraging the technology. And a lot of hard work goes in here before you come to the success. So I'm alluding to early movers, but uh, one thing that I'm trying to kind of, you know, convey the message is that digital transformation with IoT is not a hype anymore. You've got to kind of start working now for staying relevant uh, in, in, in in this uh, you know day and age of connected uh, and then digital cyber age so to say.
1: Thank you, Rakesh. Very interesting and articulate. I just quoted you. Digital success of your supply chain is a journey. That is now, you are now quotable, my friend. Whether you knew it or not, you are now quotable. So there, that's out there in the Twitter sphere and we'll deal with it later. All the popularity. Thank you very much. Good opening from our panelists. I'm very intrigued by the three quotes. We had one from Leonardo da Vinci, one from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and one from Stubby Curran slash Mark Twain slash Vince Lombardi. All very inspirational talking about not letting things happen, going out and happening to things. We talk about inspiring us to be what we know we could be and success does not come before work except in the dictionary. Very interesting. I just want to say a message to our listeners all around the world. Thank you for following Game Changers Radio. Last year was a banner year for all of our shows and we discovered that we have you, our listeners, all over the world in over 3,000 locations according to the the metrics we get from the radio station. And I want to tell you that if you think supply chain is a dry topic, not at all. You can hear from my three panelists, Richard Howells, Padman Ramakudi, and Rakesh Gandhi. There is a lot of interesting human side that we're going to be talking about in addition to exploring Internet of Things and how it can digitally transform. But before we go to a break and give them a chance to wet their whistle, I want to find out where they're calling from each of our panelists where are you calling from and what's in your cup today this is our little icebreaker segment where we want to know what do you love to drink so richard howells where are you and what's in your cup
2: okay i'm in a uh, very cold boston massachusetts it's 20 degrees outside and i have a very hot cup of coffee in front of me and i'm a yeah i'm a gadget freak so uh I had a, 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 a coffee machine for Christmas. That's uh, internet-enabled coffee machine, so I can look on my phone and I can see what the water level is. I can reorder the, the capsules for the coffee automatically once it falls below a certain level. It'll tell me when it needs cleaning. So uh, the internet out. of things has arrived at my house.
1: Well, can you tell us the brand of the coffee maker? I think people would like to know. I would.
2: It's an espresso machine.
1: I have I, an espresso in.
4: Prodigio,
2: Prodigio is the. Is okay,
1: the, uh, I have the Virtue line. It's about two years old and it's red to match my quartz kitchen countertops and my red hair. But it's definitely not internet connected. Do you think I ought to upgrade, Richard?
2: If you're if you're into finding out everything <laughs> on your mobile phone. <laughs> It'll tell you everything you need to know.
1: Well, I'm in a home office, and I can turn around and look, look, and look right. at my machine from here. I,
2: but I like the fact that I can trigger a, an order of uh, of more coffee yes. capsules when I yes. when I need them.
1: Absolutely, I, I think that's a great idea. Thank you. And is there a special flavor to the capsule you're drinking today? Hazelnut. Ooh, I like that. Thank you very much. I can smell the aroma right now. Padman Ramakudi, where are you today, and what are you drinking?
3: So I'm in sunny Houston, home of the Super Bowl this weekend, Yay. and I'm drinking a, a bottle of orange juice bought from the store downstairs in a hotel room. <laughs>
1: Is there something special about the orange juice? You know, here in New York, you can get it with the pulp, without the pulp, with added vitamin C, without added vitamin C, probably with protein. I don't know. Probably it sings to you if you want it. It's
3: 100% juice, and it's not from a concentrate. So that sounds good.
1: Good. You're a purist, I can tell. Thank you very much. And Rakesh Gandhi, where art thou today?
4: Uh, I'm actually surprised my colleagues didn't say they're having a cup um, but i'll i'll break the tradition starting by saying what's in my cup um, uh and i'm drinking my masala chai ah
0: so,
4: yes and and it's specially brewed by me while i was coming uh to my office in uh Newtown Square uh near Philly uh, it's our america's headquarters so i'm sitting there
1: Thank you very much. Yes, and and I am in Long Island on the north shore of Long Island, New York, and as we're speaking, I'm watching the snow starting to come down. I am drinking, as Richard and Padman know by now, I'm drinking a cool, clear cup of cool water in a clear mug, but I have a yellow straw hoping and hoping that, A, it'll warm up a little bit, and, B, that we will get a little sunshine. They said it might peek through the clouds, but I'm not so sure of that anymore. So the snow is falling here, and, Richard, it's probably about 20 here like it is in Boston. It's very, very chilly out. So there we go. Guess what? I'm going to give my panel a chance to take a break, all of you, a quick break, about a minute and change. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about the Internet of Things, in case you haven't guessed. The Internet of Things, jumpstart your supply chain. This is episode one, season two, digital transformation of your supply chain supply chain, 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 chain with Game Changers Radio. I have to do a shout out before we go to break to Shane Ellis at SAP, who always brings up Such wonderful panelists, as you already can tell. They're smart. They're savvy. They're engaged in the topic. They have a lot to share with us. And to Rick Imber at SAP, who sponsors this series. So there are my gratitude shout-outs. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be right back. I promise you. Michael, out.
0: Rising customer expectations, complex supply networks, and a focus on your business's bottom line make it more important than ever to bring your extended supply chain into the future. Your digital supply chain is one of the most critical components of your business success. From matching supply to demand with efficient order fulfillment to designing and manufacturing amazing products, hear how you can bring your extended supply chain into the future. Our experts discuss how the extended supply chain Chain of the future is producing dramatic results to businesses worldwide the digital transformation of your supply chain with game changers is presented by sap visit sap.com You're listening to the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com, and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers.
1: Welcome back. We're talking today about Internet of Things, Jumpstart Your Supply Chain. Great topic, great panel. We have Richard Howells from SAP. We have Padman Raman Kuti from Intrigo Systems. And we have Rakesh Gandhi also from SAP. So we're going to start the roundtable with notes from Richard Howells. He sent me an interesting quote, a statistic from Gartner back in 2015. Seems so long ago, but probably uh, we're going to have to change some of these numbers. And the quote is, billion connected things were in use in 2015, and that will reach 20.8 billion things by 2020. This means that there are at least two connected things for every person on the planet. It will result not only in more information available, but also more intelligent devices to leverage this information. We're talking data, data, data. Richard, please tell us more. Okay,
2: so... 21,000 connected things and 9 billion, 21 billion and 9 billion mm-hmm. people. So I am definitely the, the person that uh, skews that number because I must have 20 connected things around me at the moment. I already mentioned the coffee, coffee machine. I wear a Fitbit. I have a mobile phone. I have an iPad. I am the, the Internet of Things enabled person, I believe. Uh, but, but really everything is becoming connected. Uh, it's from the products that we use. We're building and designing smarter products. I, most companies now are high-tech companies in some way, shape, or form as they build intelligence and, and sensors into their products uh, that we buy. Uh, we, we see the vehicles that we drive are connected, the, the cars that are connected. Aeroplanes have thousands and thousands and thousands of sensors on them, and, and they're getting smarter and smarter when we go into buildings, we have smart lights that dim. We have smart shades that that go on and off based on based on the uh, the sunlight. And everything is connected. And we're getting more and more information. And the challenge isn't that we we don't have enough information. We've probably got too much information, because that can be just as dangerous as having not enough. So it's changing changing how we how we run our business processes. It's 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 reimagining how we how we have our business models and and how we do our jobs on a daily basis. So I think the Internet of Things and sensors and real-time data is changing and will continue to change everything that we do moving forward, both home and at work.
1: Richard, before I bring in Padman and Rakesh, Rakesh into this conversation, how, how specifically is this going to change the supply chain? We're talking about goods. We're talking about products, devices, that somebody is manufacturing somewhere for us to use at home, at work, in business, et cetera, et cetera. So how will this change? What, what's the deep dive for what this IoT, this this explosion of connectivity, will do for the companies that are challenged with how in the world do we keep our supply chain humming and do everything it needs to do all over the world. What's the good news?
2: If they leverage the data correctly, they can change the business process to better serve the customers, ultimately. I mean, you can, you can know where a vehicle is on the road, on the way to, for a shipment. You can know what goods are in that vehicle, what temperature that they're at, just in case they, they, they need to be part of the, what do we call the cold chain and they need to be kept at a certain temperature. So you can track all of that information in transit. You can have visibility of what's changing uh, in the environment, if there's a traffic jams, if there is a weather report, if you need to reroute certain trucks from one location to another, so you're really, and the goal is to be able to do more with less and to to better serve the customers. So leveraging that information can bring you new ways of doing business with customers, new business models, and and improved productivity from your from your across your supply chain.
1: Thank you very much. That's the nugget I was looking for. Padman Ramakudi at Intrigo Systems, talk to me. What, what do you agree or disagree or expand what Richard had told us?
3: I think uh, Richard hit up on this thing uh, this idea that we are all having a lot of connected devices. It's interesting to note that people, even in rural Kenya, will use an iPhone, I mean, a, phone, a feature phone, to do transactions. This connected model makes it very interesting because once we get the data, how do we analyze this data and make it successful so that we can make uh, inferred decisions as as we go along? So if Richard is going to pick up that coffee or made that order, is Nespresso going to understand his pattern of ordering and have a pattern ready for him to deliver, for him to be uh, receiving that coffee cups or Uh, on the fifth day because he drinks that much coffee every fifth day he's ordering. So this type of repetitive patterns allow us to make decisions because the data is coming to us in streams and the data is available and we are able to manipulate the data or understand the patterns around the data. Classic machine learning has been used to understand this. But I think as we go further, further into more complex problems, more complex problems like Um, understanding how to take a bill of materials, strip it down, how to take demand streams from Richard and Rakesh and myself and Bonnie into that coffee machine and understand our various patterns. And as a company, how do I change that pattern, single-threaded pattern into an aggregated pattern to make uh, economies of scale or serve the customer better? I need to get into deeper learning and deeper AI work so I, as machines become very prevalent in, in our daily lives, in our work life, and in our transportation, I think what we will see is an interesting idea to serve the customer much better from the co- company's point of view and understand efficiencies even when the threads are single and individualized to each of our customers. That, I think, is where we are headed. In the uh, in the commercial world, there are a whole bunch of application on the healthcare world and a whole bunch of application in transportation that look at this level of details uh, data that is emanating from devices, both uh, that is on an individual basis as well as on an industrial basis.
1: Thank you, Padman, Rakesh Gandhi. Love to get your thoughts on this. Please join us.
4: I think Richard and Padman summarized it uh, very well. And uh, only thing I would add to this is that, you know, this is an opportunity. When we talk about all these uh, statistics of uh, connected things, it's an opportunity to kind of look at supply chain uh, not in a silo anymore, right? I mean, it's uh, connected to your end to end business and can allow you to kind of, uh, you know, get newer business, get into a newer business model now, or even the efficiency-led model within your existing processes to reduce your cost. So it definitely has a big impact on top line and the bottom line now. Bringing it back into the context of of this connected things, uh, what Gartner is talking about, what Richard and Padman explained as well. The evolution is about cyber-connected machines, right? Uh, or anything which is connected, I would call them as the cyber things uh, moving forward. And let's take manufacturing as an example within the supply chain. And and uh, I, I I live in Northern Maryland, um, pretty close to you know one of the icons uh, who has a small factory there, mm-hmm. uh, who make uh, bikes. Um, if you if you see what uh, the way they have transformed and uh, providing the experience of freedom to their customer. And what they mean by that is about having the customer to be able to order the bike based on their choice. Now, a few years ago, uh, it, it, it was a cumbersome sort of a delivery cycle, uh, and it used to take long whenever a customer ordered something custom. Right now, they have kind of digitally uh, transformed their end-to-end process from the point of time that customer can order a customized bike and the order comes in real-time inside the factory and how they kind of assemble things. Um, And and, and even the torque screwdriver, which the line assembly person kind of uh, uses, is pre-configured to the right torque level based on what they are kind of assembling. And with the self-guided vehicle, how, you know, you're you're transforming this. And the statistics that I have seen is that, you know, any custom bikes that they were making earlier, it took them 21 days. Now they're churning out in six hours, right? So this is the kind of experience that you can deliver to the customer. Yeah, I mean, this is what I mean, real transformation. And for the company, it's about growth without adding a single dime to the capital investment, but going through this digital transformation.
1: Wow, you said from how many days to how many hours did you say? 21 days to 6 hours, is that right? Yep,
4: that's right, that- that's the band of that- statistics we are talking about
1: so the, the implication is that when the customer says, I want it now, they almost can have it now if, if it can get shipped and delivered to them in that period of time. Maybe the customer doesn't need to know that it can be made in six hours. They need to know it still has to be painted. It still has to be wrapped. It still has to be put in a box. It still has to get a skew. It still has to go into the inventory system. It still has to get a shipper to pick it up. It's, or a drone, if you will. So there's still a little, little bit of uh, extra padding on that. That delivery process, but that's amazing. Are companies ready to deliver the goods that fast, Rakesh? Knowing that they can create them that fast, are they ready to do the rest of the process to get them to the uh, to the delivery? I
4: think so. I think so. And 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 uh, you know, just to kind of add to that, I mean, when I was comparing twenty one days to six hours, that was more of a how you know, once the order comes inside the mm-hmm. plant, the amount of time it takes. Right, of course. The additional time in terms of packing and shipping and, you know, um, uh, any lead times that were existing, I mean, those probably are still there. I'm not quite sure. I haven't heard about it. But to your point about are customers ready to do that? Now, if you look at Amazon, they're talking about one-hour delivery using drones. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
4: I mean, that's the kind of transformation we're talking about, right? I mean, in terms of customer ordering and by the time the product is shipped, Amazon is experimenting or rather probably doing it as well. For one-hour delivery, they started with one day, and that's a big transformation in how they're kind of disrupting the you know um, brick-and-mortar stores. Uh, the way they started leveraging technology late in 1990s by you know being online, but then they've continuously worked at this transformation and evolved their business by by be, being innovative, right? And now they're leveraging drones for their supply chain, uh, the last mile to the customer.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much. Richard Howes, you started this great conversation thread. I'm going to give you a moment or two to wrap it up. Anything you'd like to add?
2: Yeah, there were some wonderful examples. I'm, I, I am now looking forward to getting my, my coffee capsules sent to me automatically because because it senses the – of sensing the demand based on demand patterns. And the other thing that I, I, I bring up here as well is around uh, the, the comment that Rakesh said about um, – about that change in business processes. I think it's also going to drive a change in how we make stuff uh, in, in that we've outsourced a lot of manufacturing. I think a lot of manufacturing will come closer to home, and I'm not going to make any political statements around that. But mm-hmm. it's a necessity to improve the customer service and give that responsiveness that you can at least finish a product close to home so that it can be shipped very quickly and there's very short uh, uh, logistics times involved. So it's 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 all of these are coming together to to change the way that we think about businesses and business processes and the internet of things is right in the middle of that is what I would would say.
1: Thank you that's that's a very good way of placing it people like to be able to see that diagram in their head right where is it how do I put it all together in my how do I frame it so that I can make it happen in my business thank you Richard. Padman, I'm looking at your notes. A lot of great things here. A couple of provocative statements, but I think, I'm guessing you'd love to talk a little more about AI and something called chatbots. We've been covering this a little bit on some of our other series recently. So let me read a note here from your list and let's see if you'd like to go there. You say chatbots and AI-driven conversational interfaces will play an increasing role in supply chains. Chatbots and AI, of course, AI is artificial intelligence. Um, it's conversations in natural, natural language via either voice or text will start getting adopted in enterprises. So are we going to have Chatty, chatty, chatty robots and AI talking on the, for example, on the manufacturing floor, uh, the factory floor. How is this all going to happen? Padman, why don't you give us the scenario? Paint a picture for me.
3: So the we already have chatbots, even though we just, just seem not to know it uh, because it's come into our lives uh, either through an Alexa type of an environment or through the integration on e-commerce platforms where you are searching for that dress you want to take by for the spring, but mm-hmm. uh, you want to get to somebody and you want to chat about it and you want to get some ideas behind it. So uh, the, the, today, chatbots are used in customer service and customer engagement. But I think chatbots will find its way into supply chain, first in the service side on returns management, on reverse logistics, but also to configure configure to order. So if you're designing a car or ordering a car like a Tesla, you can probably mm-hmm. chat uh, with, uh, with an AI-based model and say, I don't want that premium seating. I want a better seating or standard seating, or I want these configurations. And the chatbots can uh, now go back and configure the manufacturing order and add functions, or you can question the chat uh, and say, uh, "Where is my car and how is it being built today?" So mm. to that level of integration, I think we'll start to see we'll start to see chatbots in many aspects of our life, not just uh, in the uh, in the industry or in the enterprise, but also in our commercial life and in our personal life. And I think this is going to demand another. Extension of how we react quickly. The challenge for chatbots today is the various uh, systems that are being used in different industries and different enterprises. They all have a different way of um, reacting or providing data. Chat chatbots become this natural a- AI API layer between you, the human, and the machine. That's really where I see this going pattern locations analytics a lot of these things will become better with with from a chatbot uh, environment that's to me is the uh, it's a, it's again richard talked about it. it's the user experience the customer experience of this this game in supply chain is towards again making the customer happy and uh, instantly gratified
1: Thank you. Oh, wouldn't we all wish that were true? Yes, yes, yes. I think we all think of examples where we're waiting with bated breath for that to happen, and it sounds like it's optimistic. Rakesh Gandhi, love to have your thoughts on what Padman just introduced for us.
4: Uh, So on the topic of chatbots, I totally agree with uh, Padman. That It's a very interesting topic, and it's evolving really fast. And and I've seen chatbots or, or bots in action. Uh, in in, in uh, oil exploration area, right, and, and uh, where, where it's not easy for humans to kind of go and collect the samples and analyze the sample and send it back. Um, and then uh, leveraging drones as the bots, uh, uh, I've seen in oil and gas area where uh, operator can control and, and talk to the uh, bot, so to say, to kind of visually number one see the landscape and then collect the samples, what they need from the soil so that they can analyze it and so on, and brings a lot of uh, efficiency around that. I mean, likewise, I'm pretty sure if you look at uh, overall supply chain, especially in terms of warehouse, pickback process, and so on, this could be a very interesting use case that can evolve further.
1: Thank you very much, Rakesh. I'm going to circle around to Richard. Thoughts? Chat box. AI, chatbots.
2: I think, I, I think it's a great example of um, hands-free usage uh, and, and improving productivity and efficiency of the, of the workforce. I mean, another example would be tying that in with augmented reality and, mm-hmm. uh, and providing visualization as you're doing your job so that your hands are free. Self-guided picking in the warehouse or showing somebody or explaining to somebody how to make a piece of equipment in the field. I think there are uh, huge opportunities for improving productivity with things like chatbots, with things like augmented reality, and obviously also with uh, robotics and, and machine learning. So I think uh, it's, it's the way of the future. It's changing the way that we do our jobs and in some cases changing the jobs we do.
1: Ah, very that's another quotable moment, Mr. Howells. Thank you very much. Uh, I like this. We're we're making stars here. You're all going to be, somebody's going to say, they were renaissance men. They were creative thinkers. I love this. Seriously, it's good for our listeners to hear the the three of you thinking literally outside the box and thinking about what's really happening in the world with IoT. It's not just a phrase. It's something that is making an impact on everything we do, and I have some statements to prove that. But right now, uh, we're going to circle back to Padman Ramakudi. Padman, you are tweeting and talking. I'm following you on my Twitter stream here. My goodness, I tweet something and you are retweeting it within seconds and I appreciate that. Multitasking is a very, very prized, very prized skill in my world. So I'd like to have you wrap up this topic, Padman, and then we have a few minutes for me to pick a to- oh, Boy, the snow is really coming down. It's getting like a pillow fight out there. I'll tell you why that's important in a few minutes. Uh, Padman, why don't you finish up this topic, and then I'll pick something from where I catch So I think in
3: 2017, 2018, uh, by the end of 2017, chatbots will be routine. It will find itself in quite interesting arenas. Uh, warehouse picking, manufacturing floor, evaluating. And I I like this idea of augmented reality with what Richard talked about. We are going to see service order manifestations, blueprint reviewing using augmented reality models. Uh, So you're repairing a work work order or you're in a machine and you can pull up uh, an augmented reality model and say, where is the, and troubleshoot that machine so that uh, efficiency can come back to the production floor. I think you'll find it entering into a lot of different areas. Most chatbots today are customer service-oriented, and I, but I think it's going to be transportation, extended warehouses, uh, picking cycles, manufacturing cycles, order statusing. All of those things are winding up, turning up in many, many places. The funny thing is, very interesting companies, large companies are experimenting with chatbots in very specific areas, whether it's the maintenance flow or the production flow. And they don't come out and say, we are doing chatbots today. They're doing it to make themselves efficient and make themselves uh, reach the goal what uh, Rakesh talked about, going from 21 days to 6 hours of manufacturing cycle time.
2: That's
3: That's where we'll start to see in a combination of systems Chatbots will be prevalent in our supply chain.
1: Thank you very much. And Rakesh, we oh we have about eight minutes before we go to prediction. So I've got plenty of time. And Radio Land, that's a whole world. So Rakesh, I'm looking at your notes. Let me just read a little bit here. And and here's something interesting. You said IoT is now beyond hype. So we can say that it's it's something that's a valid business idea, something that is not just woohoo, it's really out there. And you say it's considered as a key pillar of digital transformation early movers have shown huge business value across the line of business. That's one statement I want you to talk about. The second is, you talk about IDC's 2016 Decision Maker Survey highlighted that more than 18% of enterprises, that's probably a pretty good number, have created new IoT Create business units and it's rapidly gaining strength. So tell us about these IoT Create business units, who these decision makers were, and how IoT is really a key pillar in digital transformation. I think we'll find that very interesting.
4: Sure. Uh, so, you know, if you look at this past one and a half decades, right, I mean, businesses have been leveraging technology uh, very, very uh, extensively to run their businesses. So late 90s, it's it was all about web. It was all about, you know, having a website, having a web channel and so on. And we saw some of the very successful companies emerge out of that as well, like eBay, Amazon, whatnot. But technology has kind of moved really, really fast, and, and uh, every time there is a new thing that's coming up, we talk about a hype cycle. But this hype cycle has been really, really short. I mean, we have seen that with cloud, we have seen that with mobile, right? We have seen that we are seeing that now, even with uh, IoT aspect of it. Uh, and every time, I mean, there are a few early movers who kind of leads the example, whereas, you know, a lot of folks kind of wait and watch as to how the technology is evolving. But this cycle of technology evolution is moving really fast, and, and businesses have to adopt fast to stay relevant. And this is where I was mentioning about, you know, continuous work, of and digital transformation is not just one step, you're done, right? Uh, I mentioned earlier about Amazon. I mean, they mastered the web. They mastered how they do the business on the web but they have continuously evolved. They have adopted mobile, right? They have adopted to engage the customer with mobile in real time. They have looked at the strategies around personalized engagement and, you know, uh, more advanced marketing. And now they're getting into the IOT side with the aspect of drones for, you know, one day, one hour delivery, what have you. Likewise, even in the enterprise side, uh, we are seeing the same trend. Um, Now, the constraints that we had earlier on in terms of, you know, what do I do with the big data? How do I manage it and so on? A lot of these companies have already started connecting their products, uh, and, and collecting the data, right? And in, in a big data format. I mean, we have evolution of Hadoop, for example, as a big data storage, cheap storage, right? Um, and, and faster processing power with the likes of, you know, in memory databases and so on. Um, And now comes the aspect of what we are discussing on this show as well is about AI and machine learning. I mean, this is an umbrella term, but if you look at it underlying, these are mathematical algorithms which have been existed for the last 40 years. Now we have the opportunity to look at, you know, to to, to find that needle in a haystack, so to say. Mm -hmm. If you consider this big data as a haystack, and to find the right answer as to what am I looking for, right? So take an example of a machine which requires maintenance, and then you want to find the pattern as to when is the right time to do the maintenance so that I have a a higher uptime for this particular machine, and I can have a better utilization of this machine so that I can improve my production capacity and so on. So these are just some of the examples of how the early movers are kind of adopting this Lastly, just to kind of uh, wrap up uh, my response to your Mm -hmm. final question about the IDC part. Yes. Uh, The digital transformation is always in the mind of top CEOs, right? And IoT-driven digital transformation is becoming prominent. I mean, if you look at all the large enterprises, they are starting to form a specialized unit across all the business channels. Like I said, supply chain is not a silo, for example, right? It influences end-to-end process, sales, service, marketing, what have you. Uh, because we are generating so much of data, which can be leveraged across the board, we are talking about customer experiences and so on. Uh, so, at the end of the day, they are forming this particular unit and 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 looking at driving the IoT-driven di- uh, digital transformation across the you know line of businesses that they have. But mind you, this is not in in my experience, based on the customers that I work with, this is not just limited to you know uh, multi-billion-dollar companies alone. I mean, even the Smaller companies, and I'll give you a quick example of Hegleitner in Europe. They are the service companies who kind of service the, you know, bathrooms and stadiums and whatnot. I mean, they have transformed their business leveraging IoT, uh, and, 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 and they kind of, you know, take the signals as to when the soap um, container needs to be refilled, uh, you know, when they need to clean and so on, and it triggers that data to them, and then they have change the business model at the same time in terms of uh, charging their end customer based on the usage of that facility. So it's not just limited to the big organization, even the smaller organizations are transforming. And I'm talking about smaller organization in the traditional business, right? Again, goes back to my earlier comment that the, the innovation is not just limited to the startup companies out of Silicon Valley. I mean, this is for everyone.
1: Thank you, Rakesh. Great information. I'm going to circle back very briefly to Richard Howells. Richard, just one minute of response and then Padmin, and then we have to go right to our predictions round. So Richard Howells, thoughts on what Rakesh shared?
2: Sure. I mean, earlier Rakesh gave a great example of a way that company changes their business processes for delivering uh, custom bikes versus standardized bikes. But and, and we're also seeing companies changing their business processes to Rather than selling products, they're selling a service. I mean, another example that, uh, that uh, we talk about quite a lot is a compressor company in Europe who used to sell compressors or, or sell compressors. But they've changed their business model to now sell cubic meters of compressed air. And that completely changes what they need to capture, and it's made possible through the, the advent of the Internet of Things data. Because they can track the usage of, uh, of machine time And the most important thing they need to track now is the maintenance or the performance of the machines. Because if the machine isn't running, it can't produce compressed air, which means they can't make any money. So they are tracking loads and loads of different uh, sensors around the performance of the machine so that they can predict when it needs to be maintained before it breaks down. But you need to have that type of data and that type of capability to be able to change business models to, to better serve the customers as I went back to originally. So that's, that's that's the example that I'd like to use there.
1: Thank you. Great example. Padman, I can give you one minute just to wrap up on that topic, and then we're going to go right back to Richard and go around the table 60 seconds each for predictions in the crystal ball. Padman, thoughts on what Rakesh shared?
3: What Rakesh and Richard uh, uh, touched upon is uh, all about the data and how we are moving towards this model. Business model innovation is what keeps companies uh, uh, growing and innovating in the future and it, and it has happened throughout the day uh GE started with powered by the hour on their engines when they sold their engines to Boeing or to the airlines instead of selling them uh that shift in in their philosophy that shift in their strategy through them into becoming a uh, can be traced to how GE has become digital that change in business innovation took place 20 years ago. But today, GE Digital is one of the biggest companies uh, on the digital transformation world, how they're thinking about redoing uh, their entire manufacturing, all of their customers' manufacturing, and how they are helping digital transformation. Business innovation inevitably leads us to go to a highly data-intensive, data-dependent, data-analytical model that means Internet of Things is mandatory for us to change and make sense of decisions that we have made on the business side. And collecting that data and innovating on that data is with where we are going today.
1: Thank you, Padman. Richard Howell, 60 seconds. That's all I have, seriously, for predictions. Crystal Ball, I'm in fond of 2020, in favor of 2020, because somebody told me last week it's only three New Year's Eves away. Think about that. So Richard Howell's prediction, (laughs) 60 seconds. What have you got?
2: Okay, the prediction. I think the Internet of Things is fast becoming the Internet of Everything. Uh, Everything is connected. Everything has sensors. Everything is smart. And it's going to provide the ultimate big data challenge. So much information. How do I turn that into to business value? So I think accessing that information is going to be critical and building that bridge between the, the, the real-time data from the Internet of Things, the business data from business systems, And also unstructured data like weather patterns, traffic patterns. It's important to know that it's snowing at the moment in New Jersey because that may affect certain things about how I run my supply chain. So I think the ultimate challenge is then the changing skills needed to manage and capture and analyze that information. And the role of the data scientist is, I think, going to become a major major job opportunity in the next two to three years. I'm pushing my children who are in college at the moment to take data science science as a a, a part of their curriculum.
1: Very, very important. Thank you very much. Padman. 60 seconds predictions. What have you got, please? I think
2: 2020,
3: we will not be surprised to see that uh, Internet of Things actually is used on a daily commute where our two-dimensional road network or road system is actually thinking uh, more like a three-dimensional machine where our connect- cars are connected to other cars and the cars are connected to the road and to the traffic signal. So we are not going to look at uh, traffic patterns in, uh, in uh, what the German word of Stau, where we are not backed up on a highway because the car is more in- interestingly uh, aware of patterns uh, of things around it thanks to the Internet of Things. And I think uh, data science... What we learn through the Internet of Things is going to transform our healthcare system in the, in the way we analyze big data and the way we analyze uh, machine data and patterns of diseases and works and also from uh, research studies, which is published so many times, but very few people have time to read it. Machine reading, machine learning will help. All of the stuff that we are learning in the IoT world will wind up helping us in uh, ourselves, uh, in our healthcare, and our lives. That's what I think. See? Thank Both you from very commute much. To
1: Thank you, Rakesh. Josh, I have 60 seconds for you, so give me your predictions, please.
4: Sure. I mean, remember when the book was written, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it was called science fiction, but became reality. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the uh, Minority Report, uh, that movie, I mean, I would like to think about we will be living in that world of minority report-like scenario, not necessarily on crime prediction alone, but everything that you do will be analyzed uh, in terms of you know the soul connectivity, big data, machine learning. Richard's coffee will kind of uh, be in the order for the Richard's coffee. The tablets would be automatically placed, uh, uh, and then uh, they'll predict it to the you know uh, tea there, and then and, and then he'll get his coffee tablet as soon as he's exhausted his inventory. Uh, I mean, everything is connected, right? I mean, by 2020, I would like to see at least uh, uh, in, in the developed nations, uh, this IoT kind of gaining steam and influencing every every aspect of our life, uh, whether we are at work or at home. That's a quick one.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. To the three of you, Richard Howells, Padman Ramakudi, Rakesh Gandhi, Articulate, comfortable in your own in your own knowledge and your thought leadership. You made this a very very interesting topic. As I said in the beginning supply chain isn't boring kids it's lively, it's alive when you get three <laughs> smart people on a panel. Thank you to the three of you again. Shout out to Shane Ellis for putting together a wonderful panel. Great topic. Shane, you rock and shout out to Rick Imber at SAP for sponsoring season two of this series. I'm Bonnie D. Graham and I have a thank you to say to Michael and the Business Channel team at World Talk Radio for getting us on the air and keeping us there. I'll be back in one Hour, woohoo! With another edition of Smart Cities of the Future with Game Changers, right here on the Business Channel. That's Tuesday, 12 noon. So we'll see you then. Here's my call to action Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today.
0: Bye bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.